Hello and welcome to I Don't Want to Leave. I'm your host, Tom Rouse. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's episode is called I Too Have a Dream. and It's based off of an essay that I wrote several years ago. Plus, I'll be adding in a couple of my originals. So stick around. I hope you enjoy. Thank you again for being with us. I Don't Want to Leave podcast where I share musings, writings, blogs, music, and more. I'm your host, Tom Rouse. You never know what you might hear, so stick around and I hope you enjoy. In the immortal words of Dr. Martin Luther King, I have a dream. While I respect, admire, and agree with his dreams of racial equality, my dream is a little slightly different. I want to share my music with the world. I want to take my tunes to everyone who will listen. I want to make a difference with my talents. Though as musicians and entertainers, we don't often think of our profession in terms of making a difference, but at times it can. I recently read where fellow singer-songwriter Scott Wilcox was in a VA hospital to visit his grandfather and was introduced to another veteran in a wheelchair. The man had lost his legs in the Persian Gulf War and had but one simple request, can you sing Amazing Grace for me? Scott sang and the vet thanked him with a big smile. Thinking no more about it, he spent time with his grandfather and left. Upon returning the next week, he was approached by a nurse who asked what he had said to the vet in the wheelchair. He answered and then asked why. The nurse said the man had been diagnosed with PTSD and had not spoken a word since the explosion that took his legs until the previous week when he asked the musician, Can you sing Amazing Grace for me? Scott wrote, Music can change the world, even if it's just one person at a time. That story is used with permission from Scott Wilcox. Several years ago, I was working on the road with a new store setup crew for a national auto parts chain. While it was primarily a safe work environment, uh, minor mishaps did occur from time to time. One day, someone cut their hand and walked to the back to find the first aid kit. I walked to the back a few minutes later and noticed that they had dripped blood on the floor during the trip. Another co-worker was with me and I remarked, Hey, blood on the floor. And the phrase clicked the songwriting switch in my head to the on position. That phrase, blood on the floor, would not leave my head. And when I returned home at the end of the week, I sat down to write. All I had was that one phrase and nothing else, though as most songwriters will attest, that's all you need. Within about 15 minutes, I had written one of the most amazing songs I think I have ever written, simple but elegant, eloquent and powerful. Please understand, I'm not boasting, I am utterly amazed. If you've ever heard my theory about songwriting, you'll understand that I am just a conduit, so to speak. 
I'm truly honored and blessed to be able to be the one to have brought that song into this realm. As I stated, all I had was that phrase, and I honestly didn't know what direction the song would take. But as I began to write, the story of an abused woman came to life, how she finally stood up to her abusive husband, and the thought processes that took her there. Now, I've never answered the question as to whose blood was on the floor. To me, the story is more powerful if the listener interprets that for themselves. I finished the song and laid down my guitar and pen, then sat back stunned. I didn't know anyone in that situation, nor had I ever. Within just a few minutes, I had a knock on the door. My youngest daughter wanted me to meet her best friend's mother, and I had asked her to drop by that evening, but had forgotten. Well, I asked her in and then asked if she'd like to hear my newest tune. She said that she would love to. Mind you, I knew nothing about this woman other than the fact that she was the mother of my daughter's best friend. Well, I sang the song, never looking up from the words on the page. Side note, songwriters write the song, but that doesn't mean that they know it. We still have to learn it. But when I finished, I looked up and saw that she was crying. My first thought was, oh God, is it that bad? I asked her what was wrong and she said, you wrote that song about me. I was shocked and asked her what she meant. She went on to tell me about her 10 year relationship to an abusive man. I had actually used the phrase 10 years of pain in the song. And there had actually been blood spilled in the relationship, and what got her out was the fact that she had given birth to my daughter's best friend and knew it was time to stand up to him and leave. I do not know how I knew such intimate details of this woman's pain. That's the beauty of songwriting. What I do know is that we plug into that talent, that gift we call songwriting, and the words and music begin to flow from that creative river. We cannot understand it, nor would I want to and lose the wonder and beauty of it. And now, blood on the floor. There's blood on the floor There's a Bible in her hand She's finally had enough of her old man Some wonder why she did it And others wonder why she waited As she slowly wipes up the blood on the floor Was told to be a good wife 
to be a good woman, a good helper in life. But she was untold how much hell it could be when a man turns as evil, as evil as he. There's blood on the floor and There's a Bible in her hand She's finally had enough Of her old man Some wonder why she did it And others wonder why she waited As she slowly wipes up the blood on the floor She looks back On ten years of pain And she often wonders Why she didn't go insane Why does he hate her And why does she care How long was she blind And so unaware And how could she survive All those years full of Finally had enough of old man Some wonder why she did it And others wonder why she waited As she slowly wipes up the blood on the floor As she slowly wipes up the blood on the floor The blood on the floor That beautiful, creative woman, Lynn, that I now call my wife, wrote a poem about me. It's posted on her Facebook page, Lynn's Writings, and it's called Blue Eyes. I'll be reading it for you in a moment. She described my music, my hair, salt and pepper, <laughs> my eyes, and a broken heart. The most amazing thing is that at the time she wrote it, we had not laid eyes on each other for over 25 years, and it was written while I was in the hospital recovering from my heart attack. I remember reading it to a friend just before I met her again and asked, Has she been stalking me? It was a short time later that we met again and fell in love. 
Blue Eyes by Lynn Rouse, October 24, 2011. A smile to die for, a laugh that kills, eyes that pierce my very will. Salt and pepper above the ear, and a heart that's broken, I do fear. The sweetest spirit and kind to boot, in perfect form from head to foot. He knows not his worth or the wonder of his face. He knows not of his beauty or his grace. He lifts his voice to sing his lovely song, but can't seem to find the place he belongs. His humbled way of thinking sets my heart ablaze. I long to take his hand and lead him through this maze. Fascinating and mysterious, as so little I know, if I told him what I think, his mind would surely blow. My desire is to know him and to hear him call me friend. This new relationship, I hope, will soon begin. He makes me laugh, he makes me smile great sense of humor to remember all the while. A friend in him I truly hope to gain, and if I should be so lucky, one I'll ever retain. I've been writing songs now for over 30 years, poetry even longer, and writing such as this along the way. In my time, though I'm no expert by any stretch, I have noticed my creative writing to touch folks in at least three distinctive ways. Identification, enlightenment, and entertainment. When someone hears a song such as the previously mentioned Blood on the Floor and my wife's poem, there can be that feeling of, hey, that's me, or I know what you mean, I felt the same way. That means the writer has put something in the tune that the listener can identify with. That intrigues the listener and they end up paying even more attention to what you're doing. Why do you think so many blues and country songs about hurt, heartache, loneliness, depression, have struck a chord with so many generations. When rock and roll came on the scene, young people gravitated to it because it spoke of life as they knew it. Remember dating in high school and you two had your song? And I remember my dad saying, probably as a joke knowing him, that they loved to go to the drive-in and play Fats Domino's Blueberry Hill on the jukebox. As teenagers in love, they identified with the tune. Now forgive me another side note, as a performer I've learned that I must identify with my audience or I'll lose them. How many times have I been right in the middle of a song and realized that no one's listening to me? Countless. That's when I finish the song quickly and move on to something else to try to win them back. Oh, I know that sometimes we may have an off night, but if we can tune into the audience's vibe, we take long strides to retain them. Now back to identification. This means more to folks than we sometimes realize. This is one of the main reasons our fans keep coming back to our music. If they can relate to what you're doing, then they will continue to listen. But there are also times when people can have a personal epiphany when listening. That time when they think, wow, I never thought of that, or man, I've never thought of things that way. It could just be a simple turn of a phrase that causes flashes of insight and enlightenment on the part of the listener. Though it doesn't necessarily have to be an inspirational or gospel tune, 
if it gets the person thinking we've accomplished a great deal. Most times we don't even realize it. We put lyrics to music sometimes just to make a rhyme or a hook and don't stop to think about what we've written. Now I'm not meaning that in a negative way at all. It isn't until someone steps up to say some of those very phrases just mentioned and then we start to think about it. It's a beautiful and unique thing. And then there are the times that it's all just for fun. Yep, at the end of the day, that's what we do, entertain. Now that's not a bad thing. Nothing gives me more of a thrill and a high than to see and hear folks singing along and even dancing to one of my tunes. A few years ago, my band, the DTs, was playing at a club with an outdoor stage. The owner came up at the end of the night and remarked, that song you guys did, you know, the one that started slow and then sped up, I loved it. He was referring to my tune lately. Some of the guys in the band told him that it was an original tune and that I had been the one to write it. He responded saying that it was his favorite of the night. And my song Cheetos is purely a tongue-in-cheek fun poke into people who are into smoking marijuana. While I do not partake, I have in the past and know certain things about that endeavor. It was remarked at one of my shows, though, by a patron. I don't know what that song is about, but I love it. <laughs> and the tale of Frank the Cat is a fun tune about a cat who knows where it's at. Whatever that means. It's one of the most entertaining songs we do in our live show, and the folks seem to be digging it. The point is, people are enjoying themselves with our music. How cool is that? No matter how our music touches people's lives, if and when it does, that is why we continue. All of this hinges on one thing, namely emotions, or as it is more commonly referred to in music, passion. If you, with passion, ignite the emotions of those listening, you will have accomplished what is the greatest desire for songwriters and entertainers. The proudest moment one can have at that point? Well, I was playing a tune I had written during a show. Upon reaching the climax of the song and ending it, a listener yelled out, Great song! Who wrote that? I did. Yes, I too have a dream, and it may not be that far off from the great Dr. Martin Luther King's that my words, or songs, have a unifying effect on my listeners the way that Dr. King's has done for so many years, and hopefully make my little corner of the world just a little better than it was. This episode is copyright 2023, Tom Rouse and Tomlin Productions. Thank you for listening.